sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in right here to the early line, our number two, as we are here on the grid, giving you the edge every weekday morning. I'm Dane Martinez, and I'm joined, as usual, by my main man, Kevin Walsh. Kevin, big day in the NBA, a fourth series get going. We have talked about two of them. I want to look at the next one now, where this is one where people differ on, right? Some people think this could be the upset series. We talked about four or five. In the East, previously with Indiana and Miami, this is 4-5 in the West. Oklahoma City and Houston. I guess we have to start with Russell Westbrook, Kev, right? Like, Russell Westbrook with the leg injury, they are now saying we don't know his status. And if he misses any playoff games for the Rockets, it's obviously a huge blow to them. What do you think about Westbrook's status and if the Thunder are alive as dogs in this series? Yeah, so we know that Westbrook is going to be out for game one, very likely games two and three, and it could go further beyond that. And what's very interesting is how the series price differs from the game one price. So the Oklahoma City Thunder are plus 132 to win this series. Now that is a pretty legitimate drop-off that you and I saw from the opening of this line at around plus 180, something that we talked about on betting around the rim. Right. Why that's so interesting, though, is the Oklahoma City Thunder are favorites to win game number one at minus 136. So it, it begs the question, did either they just see a lot of movement hit them on what was a short game number one line. Thunder were initially getting a point and a half, and they've now decided to move this here. Or have they kind of set themselves up for the potential Westbrook return that they believe flips this series much further back into Houston's favor? And I think what's most interesting, though, is the Oklahoma City Thunder to be up 2-1 after three games is the favored outcome after three games. So I think what we're seeing here, and in the series price, they are factoring in Westbrook's return, and that return completely tilting this series back in Houston's favor, which I think is a very dangerous assumption. No, I think that's exactly what the books are doing. When you look at it, right, they are, they are in essence saying they think right now Oklahoma City is the better team. They think for the first three games of the series, Oklahoma City is the better team. And then with all the reports expecting Westbrook back at that stage of the series, they think, if I'm trying to you know, read the tea leaves of the numbers, they think that the Wessel Westbrook return, to your point, is enough for the Houston Rockets to flip it past zero and then make them the better team overall on balance in the entire series and enough for them, in essence, for the Rockets to what they think would be dig out of like a 2-1 hole. Let me ask you about this game because there is no Westbrook 
early for this game, probably for the first couple. When I look at this, you know, in game one, as you mentioned, right? The Thunder are laying two and a half points. The total of this one is 225. I, I, you know, I look for angles in this game. Could it be the Steven Adams rebounds? Because, you know, every time I look at the Houston, and they don't have a guy really in the post. P.J. Tucker is like 6'5", right? As we once again welcome in our radio audience from around the country, including the mightier 1090 out there in Southern California. What's up, everybody? This is the early line. How are you going to play game one, though? Because at least we know there will be no Westbrook for that one, Kev. So what do you do mm-hmm. with the total at OKC, maybe being able to be better than the two-and-a-half-point spread? Some prop bets. How are you looking at this game one? Because at least there... There is a known quantity, no Westbrook tonight. Yeah, and I, I have to admit, I am a little bit worried about this line moving. Maybe it's just a, a situation where I saw the Rockets uh, laying the one and a half. I knew that I could have at one point got the Thunder getting the point and a half as opposed to laying two and a half. And it's kind of stopping me from loving this OKC team here that I do believe should be favored in this spot. Like, it's not that I think the line is wrong, but I might just kind of be having a block. And I think this sometimes will happen to betters, right, where you know there was a better line, and you just you just know you're not there for that line. I think the total, though, is fascinating at 225.5 because the Rockets, I think, are just so fascinating in how this game is going to be played. And I was, again, you know, as we're getting ready for these series, Last year, what seemingly was the demise of the Thunder in their series against Damian Lillard was just a jaw-dropping approach to how they guarded Damian Lillard, letting him kind of get all of the airspace necessary, and he just beat them time and time again. And if they do the same thing to Harden, this is going to be a very dangerous spot for them. And if they trap, well then, okay, This is going to become more about the tertiary pieces trying to win this game. And that's what you want. What is also interesting is a name that I don't think many people would have said, oh, that's one of the most important names coming into the series. But Lugans Dort is out for this game and was probably going to be the primary defender on Harden. So now, if Billy Donovan still rolls with basically single coverage, and doesn't have the main guy that he was going to put forward in that single coverage, then we might just have to back this Harden over 37 and a half. Yeah, it's interesting, right? You pick your poison. Do you let Harden get his and cover the other guys, or do you run it all at Harden and force him to put the ball out of his hands? A very interesting conversation. We're going to have the same conversation with Blazers-Lakers next when we come back. Really line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line on Sports Grid, where we give you the edge, Dave Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And, Kev, the last series we got to talk about today is probably the one that has been getting the most publicity, the most hype, because these Portland Trailblazers are coming in hot with the bubble MVP, Dame Dollar. 
And, you know, people are wondering about these Los Angeles Lakers, right? There was that ominous thing in the locker room that they didn't want to talk about. Do they have the shooters around LeBron and AD? They haven't been shooting well in the bubble, but now we have reached the playoffs. And, you know, still, the LA Lakers are tremendous favorites in this series, right? They're minus 500. Portland coming back at plus 360. Although I'll tell you, you know, I think Portland is live. They can stay with anyone. The question is, they ain't going to D up anyone either. So in game one, I see the Lakers five and a half point favorites. The total, Kevin, is 229 and a half. The Blazers and their opponents have been playing in the 130s the entire time. Is it going to be different tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think the total is, of course, going to grab our attention here. We've got nine games from the Blazers in the restart. All but one went over. Uh, and then, funny enough, the one the game that did go under had the highest total, that 244.5 against Houston. Uh, this is going to come down right to, I think, how people view this Lakers team. Do you think the sky has fallen? Do you believe that even though they clinched the West, they uh, put forward performances that will scare you enough off of this team? Maybe you're going to want to find interesting ways to back them. So maybe I can provide people an interesting and maybe safer way to back yeah. the Lakers if you are nervous. Their team total is 117.5. Three meetings this year with the Blazers. They scored 136, 128, 119. The Blazers in the restart gave up 117 points in eight of their nine games. They gave up over a buck 20 in seven of their nine games. If you've got defensive concerns, the medicine is the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, and by the way, no, defensively, they're not better off because they got Nurkic. They've been eight points, they've been eight points worse defensively when he's on the court. Oh, and by the way, by the way, Zach Collins out, ankle injury. They think Wenyan Gabriel is going to start this game. Anthony hmm. Davis might miss his first five shots from laughing so hard that Wenyan Gabriel is going to draw the assignment to miss AD. But don't worry, even if he does, he'll probably score them the next 10 straight possessions or at least go to the foul line. So I'm going to look to back AD. AD, by the way, in two of the three meetings with this Portland Trailblazers team, scored 39 and 37 respectively here. So I am going to look to back the Lakers on as far as an over team total, I think that I would back them laying five and a half. I'm going to look to back AD prop markets. No, I am not worried that a team with their season on the line consistently gave up a buck 30 is going to show up and stop LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Fair enough. And you talk about Anthony Davis really maybe having a free-for-all tonight. His prop bet total is 29 and a half, but I want to draw your attention the Dame dollar number, which stands at 35 and a half for points. Now, listen, if I'm the Lakers, I'm playing it like everybody else, and I'm double teaming Damian Lillard as soon as he comes over the timeline, getting the ball out of his hands. You just talked about this, Kev, when it related to James Harden, right? How it's a kind of pick your poison kind of thing. Do you stick with everybody else? Tip your cap and let Harden go off. And in this case, let Dame Dollar pull up from 30 feet and maybe continue his ridiculous historic run. Or do you go the other route, right? Like try to force the ball out of late, uh, Lillard's hand. And then if Gary Trent Jr., Carmelo Anthony, and the rest are on, mm -hmm. you tip your 
Because you're right. I don't think Portland will slow down the Lakers. Their defense has been laughable, and you have been making that point, you know, adequately so, right? But you're still going to have to outscore them. You know what I mean, Kev? Even if you're the Lakers and you have a defense, they are still dynamic. You are still going to have to, on some level, offensively keep up with them, right? So how do they do that? You know, does Dame Lillard still get over 35 and a half? Or do you think they are going to, you know, try to force the ball out of Dame's hands and take their chances, you know, pick your poison as they were with a guy like Gary Trent Jr., CJ, and the others going off? 100%. But I I think 100% that they're going to still have to obviously outscore the Blazers, right, who do pack this offensive punch. But let's just take a look at the last five opponents and then compare it to what the Lakers bring defensively. Clippers, no Kawhi. And by the way, they took Paul George out and tried to hand him the game. They couldn't even successfully take it. Sixers, no Simmons. Mavs, not a good defensive team. The Nets, LOL. Memphis, you know, laughing out crowd. I mean, what a joke. Those are not good defensive units. The Lakers are one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. So Mm. that's why, as well, when it comes to this total, I might feel a little bit more comfortable here isolating the Lakers number. It's not to say that the Blazers can't go out there and as well score 120. I mean, we're looking at a number at 229 and a half, Dane, that easily could land in the 240s. There's no doubt about it. But you would have to think that the Lakers are going to be showing much harder on these screens to Damian Lillard and doing everything they can to force the ball out of his hand. Because here's the thing. Logo Lillard, super cool. That's a right. terrible shot on a consistent basis, though. I don't care what anybody says. You want to keep taking 38-footers? Be my guest. That's not going. That's not a sustainable way to beat this Lakers team, especially if they're going to sleepwalk to a buck 25 night in and night out in this series. I hear you, Kev. But, you know, and you're right. It's not sustainable for it to go in. But what if it is sustainable enough for it to represent a threat that has to stretch out the defense in a legitimate way that then allows Nurkic inside, that then allows ball movement to Gary Trent in one corner and Carmelo on the other? You know, you don't have to hit them all, right? But if they're respected enough to stretch it out, it changes the geometry of basketball. I've always said that, you know, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, they change the math and geometry of basketball with the way they're able to stretch the floor. Can it still have some impact against the Lakers defensively, even if you have to just, like, go out there and guard it? No, of course. The gravity, right, which has always been the word used with Steph, is real. There's no doubt about it. But you have two options. Either you bring Anthony Davis's man into that trapping action, and I'm sure Dame still has some nightmares about that series a couple years back from the Pelicans where they were swept out, okay? Or Anthony Davis has sat back behind the play and ready to attack Nurkic. And, I mean, Anthony Davis is going, to me, should finish no worse than second on a defensive player of the year ballot, right? So this is a spot where, yes, but at the end of the day, I'll take my chances with Nurkic attacking AD straight up every single possession as opposed to Lillard facing drop coverage or just simple isolation basketball. No, that's fair. Let me ask you you one last way because you know I'm all on Portland and I know you are heavy team Lakers. Um, There's other ways to play the series, right? Uh, series exec score, series after three games. And let me push you on this one. Do you think Dame Dollar, Dame time, shows up enough to get one? You know, in your opinion, right? Like, you were talking about the Bucks sweeping, that sort of thing. I don't 
think you believe the Lakers just roll here 4-0. So what about kind of in the, the series price after three games, looking at it 2-1 one way or the other? How many games do you think Portland will get, even though you do, I believe, think the Lakers will move on? you got to think this backcourt and this dynamic offense is going to get at least one, right? I don't know if I do have to think that. Really? They've played okay. nine playoff games already. Lillard's playing full second halves. McCollum's got a broken back. He's playing full second halves. That's a right. lot that's already been put on this team's plate. There's no shame in getting you know competitively swept by the number one seed, which is what happened to them last year in the Western Conference playoffs. They were swept out of the playoffs the year before that. Like, you, I, I understand ah, Lillard should get a game, but that's not been true in his last two final playoff rounds in his season. Lakers up 3-0 at plus 225. A spray on Lakers at plus 360 to sweep this series, I don't think is all that disrespectful. And I think, you know, there's different markets everywhere, but if you can, you know, find a way to lay two and a half games and the Lakers have this done in five or less, I think that's reasonable. It's not a slight. Nobody's had more on his plate than Damian Lillard. AD hasn't played in a week. No, I mean, I think you make a good point. And then those ways get you the Lakers at a lot more value if you're willing to take that stand. We turn our Major League Baseball after the news update right here on SportsGrid. Get everything you need. Stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here on the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. That's what we do here every weekday morning. I'm Dane Martinez. I got my main man, Kevin Walsh. We also welcome in our radio audience around the country, including our newest listeners over at the mightier 1090 there in the West Coast. And Kev, let's go West then, right? For all those people listening on the mightier 1090, we also heard it from the news update in the Western divisions here, Kev. Right now in Major League Baseball, you have the AL West playing against the NL West. And, you know, we heard it on the news update. A number of guys hit not one but two home runs yesterday. And one of them was Fernando Tatis Jr., who hit not one but two home runs to go ahead and take the league lead. He now has 11 home runs for the Dads. The Dads got a 14-4 to win yesterday against Texas. Remember, in that kind of wild card action, them, Arizona, a lot of teams are fighting for those spots. But San Diego with an offensive output. Fernando Tatis Jr. is a revelation. He and Juan Soto, in my opinion, are the two 21-year-old studs in the National League. And Kev Tatis is now above them all in the home run race. Yeah, and he, you know, he's also above everybody right now in the RBI race he's by five ribbies. Like, Fernando Tatis has been amazing. And I feel like when he first came up, I mean, obviously, right, you're not going to be that highly touted of a prospect without having an incredible bat. But I feel like we're always talking about, like, defensively and the flash in the field. And now he's just one of the best hitters in baseball almost immediately. Like, it is incredible to, to see what he's doing. And, you know, yesterday we... Uh, or maybe two days ago, we were kind of just talking about these divisions and how, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, a team could actually send four teams to the playoffs. Now, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, and maybe the Diamondbacks or the Rockies fall off. I mean, look, the Padres, like, we 
speak swimmingly of a 500 baseball yeah, team. They're only 500, like, right. Could the West potentially send four teams? I think it's, I think it's possible because I think the Diamondbacks right now, you know, not to jump ahead, but I'm just talking about this division as a whole. The Diamondbacks have five wins in a row under their belt. This Rockies team, like, there's pieces of it that you can feel like are sustainable. The Dodgers are going to be there. The Dodgers have put forward a 16 winning streak where, all right, yeah, and I'm like, any, you know, concerns about that's over. You know, if the Padres do their part, I just feel like if you look at the rest of the National League, I think it is plausible that four out of these five teams actually might be represented in the postseason. Yeah, I think that is possible. You just talked about the Arizona Diamondback. They got a big win yesterday as well. And against, you know, Oakland, who's like the best team in baseball right now, right? So a big time win for the Diamondbacks. They went four to three late game situation. David Peralta with a game winning hit to make that happen. And then as we look ahead, the Diamondbacks, if they are going to keep it going, it is not going to be easy today. They face mm-hmm. Frankie Montas. Oakland, who's sporting a very nice 1.57 ERA. So to your point, if Arizona is going to keep it going, it's not an easy road through Montas and Oakland today. Absolutely not. I will say this, though. Montas uh, did miss his last scheduled start. I think it was the back uh, that had caused that. So you want to see how good does he look? How many innings is he going to be able to go where you would feel good about this if you're going to look to back the Oakland A's is Luke Weaver's incredible 11.85 ERA. So he's got a full one basically uh, in front of that number that Frankie Montas has taken to the mound here. But this is going to be a very interesting spot. I will say this. It feels like, again, a classic. Oh, no way the A's lose this game, right? D-backs do for a right. loss. Massive pitching edge. And you sit there at the end of it and you go, oh, Right? Like, it's just one of those spots. So, um, early, I think it's going to be, you know, hard not to back Montas, but it just feels like one of those games we'll talk about tomorrow, Dan, and be like, yeah, we should have known better. All right, so let's remember that for tomorrow, but you're absolutely right. You know, it does feel like it won't be kind of a repeat performance. You do want to trust the Oakland Athletics. They have been very strong. So far, another team that's been very strong, obviously, is the Los Angeles Dodgers, okay, in this kind of ALS versus NLS. But these two teams going in opposite directions. Kev, the Dodgers are now getting a rolling, right? I believe they have won six in a row. Mm -hmm. And then the Mariners are on the other side of this. They have lost six in a row. I wanted to highlight this one because the brothers Seager will be in the same ballpark. And yesterday, both of them, Kyle and Corey, Decide to go yard. This is another one, though, Kev. You got to pretty much be back in the Dodgers, right? You think the Dodgers are probably going to win. They're getting hot. Seattle is in the basement of that division. Gonsolin was amazing his last time out for the Dodgers. They, however, are minus 270. That's a lot of juice to lay, even with the Dodgers against the team that is in the basement. How are you playing this one, Kev? Yeah, that's the thing. We are looking there at a ridiculous minus 270 price. Would I rather lay a run and a half here? I, I think, in, you know, people might not like always going this way. Maybe you're getting a little too cute with it, but potentially look for a Dodgers team total because right now the big thing I think is these bats have woken up uh, in this six-game winning streak. Six runs, 11 runs, seven, six, eight, 11. I, I mean, that's awesome. They scored six or more now in six straight games, that's what you want to see from this team. That's what we thought, right, that this team 
could be, right? You get Mookie out. Oh, good luck. Here comes Cody Bellinger. Then comes Corey Seager. Then comes Justin. Tur oh, my God. When will this stop, right? And mm -hmm. that's what we started to see from this team. And maybe you just want to play an over nine and a half. But you mentioned Gonsolin was wonderful his last go around. Um, I think you get, when you see numbers like this, though, you have to get creative. It's hard to be laying 270 on a single baseball game. No, I would think so. So maybe you go first five. Maybe you're looking at some of the props, right? There are always ways to skin the cat. You're talking about a team like the Dodgers getting rolling, Kev. And that's what I would say about these Houston Astros as well as we continue looking at, you know, some of these series that are AL West versus NL West. We were worried about the Astros a little bit. Would they get into gear? They have now won five in a row. Okay. And I said mm -hmm. it was going to be difficult. They were going to Colorado, uh, I mean, or taking on Colorado, let's say, and that it would be a little bit harder because the Rockies have been a revelation so far this year. But the Astros continue their winning ways. They got a 2-1 win over Colorado yesterday. I will also say this, Charlie Blackman, only one for four, lowering his average to a paltry 437, Kev. Gross, I mean, the man gross. A horrible slump that you were talking about. Still hitting 437. They renew hostilities today. Houston coming off of five straight wins. They now send Zach Greinke to the hill. They are minus 205 today against the Rockies, who are having Sensatella uh, toe the slab on the other side. Minus 205 for Houston, plus 178 for the Rockies coming back. The total in this game is nine. Yeah, I, I feel, though, I, again, I understand the Astros are hot. They're home. But Sensatella, I think, has maybe been a little bit better than this number might indicate. Now, give Zach Greinke credit. He's really, uh, after that opening start where he left a lot to be desired, and even, I think, start number two, he probably felt like he could have had better stuff. He's gone six-plus, only given up uh, in back-to-back -back starts, only given up one run in those two starts, uh, struck out 12 total between those two games. He started to, to pitch much better. So I understand Greinke being your favorite. And whatnot, but you know, we talk about you know when it comes to betting Major League Baseball, I, I think it's one of the more interesting spots when you talk about value or oh, a line is too high, right? Mm. But I think that could be the case here, where maybe the Rockies should be getting a little bit more respect than this plus one seventy eight number suggests. But that's always been, and I, and I wonder how it lands for you, Dan. It's always been a push and pull when it comes to Major League Baseball, right? Because if I tell you the ah, the Nets are you, you, that's way too many points. Right. I'm, I'm going to take ten and a half, you know, because I think maybe it should be closer to seven and a half. OK, that's really easy for people to understand. Right. But if I tell you ah, the Astros are minus 205, maybe they should be closer to minus 170. Well, minus 205, minus 170. You, you got them favored to win the game. At the end of the day, a winning bet's a winning bet. And that's always been one of the things that I've struggled with, I think, when betting baseball is you look, if you just consistently bet the value. But I'm like, at the end of the day, like you're still projecting them to lose the game. Like, we're, we're all betting money lines here. Like, I don't know what you want me to do with that. Um, but this might be one of those, if you will, value spots on uh, the Rockies and Sensatella at plus 178. Yeah, and I hear you about laying that kind of juice in Major League Baseball. It's so tough, right? But still, a winning bet is a winning bet. So we'll see. I, I generally would not like to lay that much juice, even if I do think it is the right side. And I have that opportunity here. And the last game I want to discuss before we go to break, you know, NLS and ALS, Giants and Angels. Now, these are two teams that are struggling. They're seven and eight games below 500 in general. But, Kev, 
Dylan Bundy has been good as he makes it out of the start for the Angels. He's 3-1, and one, a 1.57 ERA. I remember talking about this, that this could be a situation where a clean slate for one of these guys could be the difference maker. They send Bundy to the mound after a uh, nice little go-homer out of Tommy Lastello and the Angels won 7-6 last night. Do you think Bundy keeps it going today? Yeah, look, good for Dylan uh, Bundy for getting off to a good start. Good for this Angels team winning this game. The only way you do this is you take plus 210. Uh, I am tired of seeing the Angels have Bundy on the mound and be priced like the Yankees with Cole or the Nats with Scherzer. The way that they get priced is so bizarre to me. And they had a chance to lose last night here. Can the Giants pull one back now? They're on a bit of a slump. I think that that's more than plausible. I think we've identified, you know, two spots where no matter who you ask, the Angels should be favored. No matter who you ask, the Astros should be favored. But should they be as big of a favorite? I learned this from Cam Stewart. You play both these games, you should hit one. And if you hit both, steak dinner. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why sometimes these money line parlay don't work out, right? Because one of them will upset you, even though you think, hey, it's minus 210. There's no way it can happen. There are more games on the MLB slate today, and we look at them when we come back right from the early line. We're giving you the edge after all. Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. The early line right here on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh as we get you ready for the day in the sports world and hopefully try to make it a more profitable one. Kev, we were talking about the games out west in Major League Baseball. Let's come back to the eastern time zone where, listen, you know, we talk about the Marlins who are kind of in playoff position right now. So are the Baltimore Orioles for good sakes, right? And that is also crazy. But they did go down, I believe, yesterday to Toronto, 7-2. to Randall Grichik with a home run. Hinjin Ryu, you know, looking good, has a good start. But, I, you know, I'm worried about the Orioles because today they see Nate Pearson on the mound. And this kid Pearson has the goods. He has the stuff to, in a year or two, be one of those front-end starters. And he is the favorite in this game. Pearson on the mound for the Blue Jays is minus 140. The Orioles, though, listen, are above 500 and are plus 122. I remember us talking about this when we did our previews, Kev, right? Like, oh, we just want to bet the Orioles at plus money. Oh, I want to wait for them to go up and still bet against them. If you've been doing that, you are not coming out ahead, although they're at plus money again today. Pearson on the mound for the Blue Jays. The Orioles come back with Wade LeBlanc. Yeah, I think this is a spot, though, where you might be better off backing total than side. For as good as the stuff that Nate Pearson uh, has, I think looking to play this over might be the way to go here. It, it, now, yesterday, uh, the total, I believe, landed at nine, so you got to push. But if you take you know some of the games before that, we had the O's on four straight overs, and we had the Blue Jays on four or five straight overs before yesterday's push. So 10, I know it's very high, but 
Wade LeBlanc, not been great. And Nate Pearson, although very good, has not necessarily lived up to that ace billing just yet. Plus, obviously, you know, he can still have a good performance to give up a couple runs here. Um, I think just kind of based on some of these teams' uh, trends and numbers and the way they've been playing, looking to play over 10 might be the way to go. All right, fair enough. In this division, though, Kev, they are all facing the New York Yankees, including the Tampa Bay Rays, and that is the Yankees' opponents today. All right, the Yankees are coming off another nice offensive outburst, uh, outburst. Luke Voigt with two home runs. We heard in the update a lot of guys with multiple home runs yesterday. We already talked about Fernando Tatis. Luke Voigt, another guy with two home runs yesterday as the Yankees stay hot. They've got a two-and-a-half game lead over the Tampa Bay Rays in this division, and it is the Rays that come into the Bronx to start a series today. Let me ask you this, though. Interesting pitching matchup on the rubber today. I think we have seen this before. I remember saying, because I hear it on commercials on this network, that it is rare to get the Yankees and Masahiro Tanaka on the mound. They are technically dogs, even though there's a minus number. The Yankees are minus 104 tonight. The Rays with Blake Snell on the hill are actually the favorites at minus 112. You don't usually get opportunities to bet Tanaka and the Yankees as a slight dog. Are you going to do that? Or are you leaning with Blake Snell? Or is this a stay away from you, the two teams at the top of the division? Yeah, no, this is obviously, you got to back the Yankees. Are you kidding me? We finally, finally get a chance to back the Yankees at what might be a discounted number. They're 10 and 1 at home. They're 10 and 1. The Rays are 6 and 6 on the road. They went to Camden Yards and got swept. I don't care that they swept the Bow Sox in Fenway. Who doesn't? Who doesn't go and put a beat in on that team? I know the Yankees do. Boy, oh boy, is that starting to look ugly, that rivalry. Might be a real long year for the Boston Red Sox. Favored at Yankee Stadium? Mr. Four Innings at best Blake Snell because he's still on a pitch count? Minus 104. No problem. Absolutely, and remember, the Yankees also get back a roll this Chapman if, in fact, it is close at the end of the game. DJ LeMahieu on the IL, Aaron Judge on the IL, Giancarlo Stanton, I call him drop the mic. He's also on the IL, although it looks like none of them are completely serious, hugely serious. They are banged up, but they do get their closer, Aroldis Chapman back. You just mentioned who doesn't sweep the Red Sox at Fenway. Kev, the Red Sox have the worst record in the American League. I'll say it again, the worst record in the American League. It might be in all of baseball if it wasn't for the darn Pittsburgh Pirates. They have the Philadelphia Phillies on the schedule. The Phillies are starting to get, you know, starting to get rolling here, okay? They have won three in a row. And honestly, you know, when I look at this Red Sox pitching staff, this bullpen, I don't know, you know, if they're going to stop much of anyone. Zach Godley on the hill for the Red Sox. They are at home, but they are dogs at even money. Zach Eflin going for the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies have won three in a row. They're still in the middle of that NL East where it is a gauntlet and everyone's going to beat each other and everything is still in front of them for pretty much all of those teams. You're sticking with Philly to keep the hot streak going against the doormat that is now the Boston Red Sox? Actually, no. Uh, I'd rather not play this game. Here's the problem. The Phillies, thus far, are the kings of losing when they're not supposed to. 
And what better spot than, you know, going and losing to a team that's lost eight in a row. Plus, here's kind of the, the tough spot, right? As much as Boston is awful, if I tell you a team is one and eight in their last nine, that's miserable, right? But that's what yeah. Boston would be if they do get this next win. I, I sometimes will get nervous. Man, do I really want? If you've not been a part of a trend, right? Maybe you've been out there and you've been fading Boston now since the Rays series. I mean, you were, and you have been raking. Well, go back to the well here. It's only minus one fourteen. Go back to the well here. But I do worry that I'm going to catch Boston when they're somewhat due for a win, right? Like they're not going to lose every game here. They're at home. They're even money. The total of 11 is probably too high because there's just been far too many times I've tried to blindly play over with this Red Sox team, and it's not really worked out. This game is more than likely a pass for me. All right, fair enough. I'm going to Central here real quick, Kev. And I look at the top of the AL Central. The Minnesota Twins are still there. They have been there all season long they are at home and they get milwaukee and i'm intrigued by this total kev minnesota and milwaukee are both hot winning uh winning series over the weekend they now face each other kenta maeda on one side burns on the other twins are a big favorite minus 154 but a total of only nine nelson cruz may be able to get nine ribbies by his damn self he went yard twice Yesterday, you know the bats in Minnesota can bomb. Milwaukee has some thumpers also. I wonder about the total of nine in this one. Could this be a game where we see runs scored, Kev? So here's one of the more interesting numbers in baseball. The Twins, great offense. They've played 12 home games. Ballpark me, Dane. What do you think the over-under there is in 12 home games for the Minnesota Twins? Uh, for the game or for their offense? No, for the game. For the game. Uh, 11 and a half. I'm talking about like the record of the over-unders here in these spots. Oh, under. I think, uh, well, you're setting it up for it to be different than I think. So I assume in the 11 games, it's something like nine, two to the over, but you're going to tell me I am drastically mistaken. Yeah. So, uh, only once have they played a home game that's gone over. In 12 minutes so far. Now, look, that's what happens, though, with a team that will see numbers posted higher. Now, that's not necessarily the case here with this nine, but this team has actually now played four straight unders. Six runs, six runs, six runs. What in the world was this series against the Royals? 4-2, 4-2, 4-2, 4-1. Every game was just the same, but every game was just the same. So, to me... I actually don't know how you can play the the over here with the numbers so far that we've seen from the Twins. Plus, all things considered, Maeda, Burns, they, they've been all right on the season. I think, again, if you're we, – we've talked about this a lot, okay? Yesterday, least I've watched baseball since it's been back, not even close. Not even close. Didn't make a single baseball bet yesterday. That's because the NBA playoffs were back. If you guys are going to still want to be involved, okay, throughout the board, you're going to want to have trends, blind bets, if you will. Okay, I'm rolling with this. I'm fading this team. I'm backing this team. Here's an over. Here's an under. And right now, 
if you've been playing it for a little bit, at target field, playing under has been incredibly profitable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's the way that you wouldn't think because of the home runs that they hit and the offense that they have, but sometimes you got to zig when other people zag. Talk about a team with bats waking up, though, Kev. We stay in the Central. I'm talking about the Chicago White Sox. I remember over the weekend they set a record of something going back to back to back to back home runs and it having being all Cuban baseball players. Well, I told you about the two home run games. In Major League Baseball yesterday, I said Luke Voigt went yard twice. Fernando Tatis went yard twice. Nelson Cruz went yard twice. Well, the White Sox hit five home runs as a team. Luis Robert hit two, and Tim Anderson hit two, okay? So they are banging the ball. They have won a couple in a row. I'm talking about these White Sox who are now at home and the Detroit Tigers, who have been something of a surprise. They come in. What now means, though, is you got Chicago, Detroit. They have something to play for in playoff positioning as we get very close to the halfway point of the season. In this one, Dylan Cease of the Chicago White Sox is a minus 176 favorite against Detroit, coming back at plus 152. The total in this game is also nine. With the way the White Sox have been slugging it, I think they're going to hold up to their end of the bargain. Right, and that's the thing. You know, maybe isolate the White Sox team total, maybe uh, lay the run and a half here with the White Sox. I will say, man, remember the Tigers? Remember when this was a thing? I mean, they've now lost six in a row. They're now 9-11, and 11, right? They've been, you know, certainly passed up here with the rest of this division. Like, doesn't the Central, of all the divisions in baseball, right? Yep. The Central looks exactly how you'd think. Twins out front. Indians not far behind. White Sox playing all right. Tigers and Royals coming up the rear. I just think it's hilarious yep. that in, you know, what's been a variance-laden season and all these weird things. Like, also, you know, a lot more for the most part, the Central, despite the fact that we've seen the NL Central hit very hard with COVID absences. Like, even the Central, like, you look at it, you go, like, yeah, these teams have all played for the most part, like, to be an appropriate amount of games. I, I just, I think it's kind of funny how the Central has just been like, yeah, no, exactly what you thought. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting, right? They always say the cream rises to the top, right? So when Baltimore or Miami or Detroit or even Colorado to a certain extent or even the Padres with a hot start, right? That's why, Kev, you know, when we talk about a normal baseball season, we talk about it being a marathon, not a sprint. When I'm talking about Charlie Blackman hitting 450 or something, you're like, yeah. But in a 23-game stretch, that happens in most seasons, right? The idea of it being the baseball season, usually being this sustained marathon is what means the cream rises to the top. That's why Billy Ball plays money ball, right? And that's why we look at all these stats because it is over time what gives you the best period to win. But now as teams are playing somewhere between 20, 25 games in what is a 60 game schedule, we're going to see some hot starts and we did, right, Kev? But you're speaking to this with the AL Central, Maybe it will start to normalize over time. And I think we are, in fact, seeing that, Kev, with some other as well, although it is most notable in the AL Central. When we come back, we tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode of the early. Find out what's going on right here on the grid for the rest of the day. We check in with after when we come back. Don't go anywhere. The end of the early line is up next. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge bright and early morning right here on Sports Grid. But you got to keep it locked all day long. That's what we do here on Sports Grid. And so up next is the morning after, and we have the honor to talk for a couple of minutes with our homegirl of the morning after. Epstein. But we're being told we don't have Ariel right now, so we're going to stick with Kevin Walsh. And my question for Kevin is what I was going to ask Ariel. Kev. I saw Ariel yesterday talking about these uh, Mamba armbands that the Lakers are going to wear to honor Kobe Bryant, right? And that makes sense. That's nice. That's cool. But did you read the fine print, Kev? Because they said they are only going to put the bands on if and when they get into the second round. So I ask you, Kev, because you're the guy who likes confidence meters, to me, this speaks a little bit to the Lakers' confidence internally against Rip City, Dame Dollar, and the Portland Trailblazers. Kev, why are they only going to do this to honor Kobe if they pass the first round? They're not confident enough that they can take care of Portland because it would be a bad look if they honor the Mamba and then get bounced. Yeah, no, uh, not going to sell me on that at all. Uh, worth a shot for sure, but... Uh, they're probably not going to wear it every single series, uh, and it's just what it is. I think the jerseys look sweet. They're obviously not going to say, well, wear it when we make it to the second round because that's completely unnecessary. But so why not wear it now? Why not wear it now? What's the risk? What's the it, harm? They're going to roll. It's not – I don't think they're like, oh, no, we can't lose in the jerseys. Hey, you might lose the next round. Like, no, it has nothing to do with that. They're probably, you know, not going to wear them for every single playoff game here. And maybe they had to wait for the jerseys to get there when they made the decision. I don't know. But, hey, Dane, I, I look forward to you backing them because they were worried to wear the Mamba jerseys. Can't wait for tomorrow. That's right, babe. It all comes down to the cloth. We will talk about it tomorrow for sure. We know where you are. We know where I am. We'll see what happens. For everybody here on the grid knows that the morning after is up next. Have a great day, everybody. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.